Acts chapter 5, verses 29 through 32. It says, Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Lord, please bring a word for your people, your great people, your people who in the midst of a pandemic have still come out here to worship, to still have come to give honor to you, those even in the midst of a pandemic who were faithful even to come to drive in church and continue to worship. We just thank God for their faithfulness, and we ask for you to continue to bless them as they continue to come and serve you, even when some people are using this as a reason for not to come. So we thank you, God, for their faithfulness, and we ask for you to bless them and honor them because of this. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 As you take your seat, and to take your seat, I want to speak to you from the subject, you can't stop the unstoppable. You can't stop the unstoppable. Since y'all got so many neighbors this morning, you got your mask on, look at your neighbor and say, you can't stop the unstoppable. Amen. Tell Satan, and if it's your neighbor, don't look at them, but tell Satan, you can't stop the unstoppable. Have you ever faced an impossible situation? In chapter 4, we see how in the midst of persecution, the apostles of the early church continued to be obedient in the, in the declaring of the gospel. They faced opposition from the religious and political leaders of this time. Many were thrown in jail on multiple occasions, and some were martyred for their faith. Yet, through the power of the Holy Spirit, Christians experienced boldness, declared truth, and received empowerment through God's grace. They weren't focusing on the present circumstances full of discouragement or questions and impossibility. Their focus was on God. As a result, men and women were saved, healed, and witnessed many miracles. The mission of spreading the gospel to all the earth was unstoppable because it was a part of God's salvation story that has been written and continues to be written. Let's give us some, some points. Number one, we'll talk about three things. One, God calls us to do the impossible. Can I tell you something? God doesn't call you to do anything little. Some of our lives are boring. I'm not saying you won't drama, but can I tell you something? If the vision isn't bigger than you, God didn't give it to you. God said, I will do exceedingly, abundantly, above whatever you can think, ask, or imagine, which means God does not give you anything small. God gives you something bigger than yourself. So if you can do what God has called you to do in your own power, that's your first clue. It's not God. God will give you something that you need an entourage to accomplish. God will give you something that requires other people to help you. God will put you in uncomfortable situations to make sure that you know it's him. He wants you to walk by faith not by sight. Why? Because your feeble mind will be, <laughs> won't be in the way. Because why? Lean not on your what? Own understanding. And when you walk by faith, you don't even know why you're out here. 
Sometimes I'm out in the middle of the water and I can't listen to people when they start giving me their opinions because I'm so far out in the deep. I don't have time to turn around and look at you. I don't want to sink down like Peter and begin to look at the way. So that Maxwell, why are you out there? I don't know. I'm out here because this is what God told me to be. And I don't have a time to listen to your opinions. I don't even listen to my opinions. Can I talk to you for a minute? Uh, Ten years ago, 11 years ago, whatever, how many long I've been here, I, I, I was wanting to stay in Atlanta, but God called me here. And every time I had an attack, I wanted to call Gladys, baby, bring me on that midnight train to Georgia. But at the end of the day, my opinion doesn't matter because only opinion matters is God. They said, should we listen to you or should we listen to God? If I don't care about my own opinion, I definitely can't care about yours. The funny thing about it is God says, Peter, I mean, Paul tells Timothy, he said, God has given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. He knows that fear will not get us through the danger, but love does. Why? Perfect love casts out all fear. When you begin to trust God and love God, you won't fear your enemy. You won't fear. And in fact, sometimes you need to understand, sometimes faith does not mean you're walking in the absence of fear. It means you persevere even though you have people coming against you. Yeah, 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 don't hear me. Peter was one of Jesus' disciples and became one of the main leaders uh, and preachers in the early church, a fisherman by trade. His story is one of, the over, one of overcoming fear and living out the impossible. You may remember the conversation that happened at the Last Supper. Jesus said to the disciples he had to be crucified. But here come Peter and Luke. Peter replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you would deny me three times that you even know me. Sure enough, when Jesus was arrested, Peter denied him three times, fearful of what could happen to, people, to him if people knew that he was with Jesus. But when Peter encountered the Holy Spirit, everything changed. Peter was no longer afraid and openly shared the gospel when he was met with resistance from the rulers and the high priests. Peter, in Acts chapter 5, 29 through 32, I'm reading again, Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Peter and the other apostles could not stop talking about what they had come to know as truth, even at the cost of being thrown into jail and flogged. They were compelled by the revelation they received through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They saw it. They heard it. They knew it to be true. They had witnessed a miracle and could not keep quiet about it. What are you listening to? As a result, what are you declaring? Are you listening to Lil Wayne when you get mad? Drake? Tupac? Who are you listening to? 
Because when you get squeezed, whatever you're listening to is what comes out of you. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if you keep putting something in you besides the word of God, that's what comes out. But when you put the word of God in you, everything about you begins to speak the word of God. When your enemies come at you, you be like, whatever, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Y'all better watch out when people try to put you in something. Hey, the water won't burn me and the water, the, the water won't overtake me and the fire won't burn me. Why? Because my God covers me. Oh, you don't fear any man. You don't fear any woman when you know who God is. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He leads us into experiencing all truth, including insight into what is to come. He leads us into all understanding so that we can know who we are and what is ours. The word of truth refers, uh, refers to authenticity, divine reality, and revelation. Just as Peter and the apostle knew the truth and were empowered to walk in obedience. Can I tell you something? Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. God breathed himself into you. He loved you so much that he breathed his own spirit in you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead works in you. Come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit is in you, and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. There's nothing you can't do when you have the love of God and you understand who God is. Worry about no devil? Worried about you over in the next cubicle? Oh, see, number two, God empowers us to be unstoppable. The more resistance, threats, and violence Peter and the apostle came against, the more unstoppable they became. Can I tell you something? Let me, if I show you a, a very successful person, I'll show you some people who are very insecure at times. Why? Because the bigger you become, the more humble you have to be. You, you don't hear me. See, in, in a car, or a, a, you have to have a positive and negative charge for your battery to work because there has to be some type of grounding to keep the battery from blowing up. There's a ground wire in your house that keeps your house from blowing up if it's struck by lightning or when you flip on the switch because you can't have all positive energy. You got to have some negative energy to keep you rooted so the electrical current won't blow up and just have all protons. That's called an atomic bomb. So in this, in this church, the ground wire in this church is bigger than the one in your house. Why? Because it's a bigger building. And the bigger you become, the more humble you gotta become. The bigger God raises you, the more you gotta stay on your knees. Why? Because the devil wants to come at you, the bigger you become. Can I talk to you for a while? That's why Peter, that's why Paul said, I don't glory that when I walk by in my shadow heal folk. I don't glory and say, thank God that people say, the demons say, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Paul. Paul doesn't say, I'm so happy because I walk and I made a tent ministry one day and 2,000 folk joined. Paul doesn't say, I glory in what I did, the way I wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, even though I was in jail. No, he said, I glory in my infirmities, in my reproaches, in my necessities. Because when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Woo. Your greatest weakness will become your greatest strength. I know people don't believe me. I don't care. 
Go to heaven. If you don't, I'm an introvert. I ain't talk to people. I'm awkward in certain situations because I really don't know how to talk to folk unless I'm under the anointing. That's why I joke in the beginning. It calms my nerves. But when the anointing hit me, baby, my greatest weakness becomes my greatest strength because I don't lean on my own understanding. I lean on the power of God. Half the time, I won't even look at this iPad. It's there because it's my, it's my blanket like Linus. God has put something in you that you thought was your weakness, but it becomes your strength. I'm so glad God said grace and mercy follows me all the days of my life because every now and then, Maxwell might go the wrong way. So even if I go down the wrong alley, grace and mercy follows me. Everywhere I go, even when I mess up, his grace and mercy. And see, mercy is God not doing to you what he should. But grace is God empowering you to do something you shouldn't even be able to do. I shouldn't be able to get up here and speak in front of you. They tried to put me in special ed. I shouldn't have a doctor degree. They kept telling my mama I was slow. But at the end of the day, baby, I owe y'all better watch out and you better understand the power. See, you keep leaning on your own understanding. That's why you're falling. That's why, see, God wants to put you in an unstable environment so you can trust him to guide you all the way. He don't want you to lean on your own understanding. He wants you to lean on him. That's why he got you in the middle of the ocean, Peter, because he don't want you to be able to depend on your friend. He want to get you so far out in the deep that you understand if you don't hold on to his hand, you're going to drown. Oh, I'm not just talking about water. I'm talking about a business God told you to open. I'm talking about a position you took that you ain't qualified for, that God put you in, and you know if it had not been for the Lord on your side. Where would I be if God didn't make me unstoppable? Where would I be if Luke told me didn't tell me what is impossible with man is possible with God. We receive empowerment through the Holy Spirit. What if I didn't hear Paul say, because his strength is made perfect in my weakness, his grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. Even though I'm messed up, he, my, his grace it's sufficient. I'd have been called a lot of things, and some folk call me out my name, and they don't call me pastor. They call me sinner. They might call you a liar. They might call you a homemonger. I don't know what they call you, but I'm so glad when God called me out my name, he called me righteous. Even though we're not righteous, he said, you ain't righteous. You messed up. But at the end of the day, because you covered with the blood of Jesus, I call you righteous because I made you righteous because I love you. I done covered you with the blood and can't nothing stop you. Somebody told me the other day, because I was invited to an event, they said, hey, you shouldn't go there because you don't trust that person. And, I, and in my mind, I hear you because I know you're saying it out of love, but at the end of the day, baby, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. And if the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous, when a wicked person try to bless me, I'm going to walk right in there and take that blessing because I am a product of God. 
Can I tell you something? Some of y'all wondering why you, you can't, sometimes you got, I ain't going to say I'm walking and I'm just your ace, boom, coon. I'm not saying that I'm walking with you and I'm just in agreement with you, but I'm saying if you ask me to do something that's going to bless me and bless my church, I'll walk in the camp of the enemy. Just like Moses, he walked in there and let my people go. The number one person on the hit list, the number one Egypt, uh, Egypt FBI service was looking for him. He walked right in there, let my people go. Okay, I'll come back tomorrow. They didn't even arrest him. Why? Because God gives you the power to tread on serpents. See, now, now some of y'all crazy. Okay, so let me straighten this out. He ain't talking about getting a bucket of rattlesnakes and you just walking. We're going to say, dearly beloved, we gather here today to bury a man who was crazy. He ain't talking about you can walk on serpents, that's the snake and a rattlesnake and, and pythons, although he will call you to survive if you didn't put yourself there. If something happened, cool, because he didn't give you just power, he gave you what? A sound mind. Walk through that, you're crazy. Folks be sticking their hand in a lion cage like the lion ain't hungry. Is you crazy? Pet the lion. There ain't no kitty cat, you nut. Here, kitty, kitty. Oh, God. <laughs> Stupid. Where's your sound mind? Daniel survived because he got thrown in the lion's den. He didn't just go there voluntarily. I just wanted to go be with a lion because Daniel was there. Daniel got put there, you idiot. <laughs> I just want to go there with the lion because that's what Daniel did. He had to. You got a choice. Anyway, back to this serpent thing. Serpents are evil people that mean you no good, but sometimes God will give you anointing to handle them. Maybe not for a lifetime, but for a season to take you to the next level. Why? Because he said, I will make your enemy your footstool. How in the world can you be my footstool if I ain't close enough to step on your head? You better start doing what God takes you to do and start walking in fear. Now, don't be stupid because I don't hang around folk who don't like me, but I sure will take a blessing. They be like, you don't want to get nothing with strings. They say, how strings attached if I ain't going to worry about your string? I'm taking this. I don't owe you nothing. If you think I owe you something, keep it. Oh, no, you don't because they are sure take you nothing, nothing. And I'm going to, hey, cast a check. <laughs> <laughs> One time the church folk got a check and they called me because some, some, anyway, some, some lunatic person who was prophesying and I'm, I don't want to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. I'm out here now. I'm out here in the water. Talking about how I was going to marry them and all this. They put hyphenated Maxwell like they was my wife. Crazy. And they said, what should they do? I was like, cast a check. <laughs> what else you going to do? You going to uh, $500. Put it in the bank. Dre ain't playing for free. He loves God. <laughs> what should we do? Cash it. <laughs> they can put signs saying it. They cash, put it in the bank. <laughs> well, for the wicked later for the righteous. And yeah, no. God will cause your enemy to give into your bosom. He opened up the windows of heaven and part of blessing. You won't have room to receive. 
they threatened to kill Peter. But one of the Pharisees, Gamaliel, who was high-ranking, he advocated for them. Even though he was against them, he said, no, look at here, look at here, look at here. First, he said in Acts chapter 5, verse 38 and 39, for if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it's from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. And that's what happens. You know, every now and then you should call your enemy and be like, what happened? Why you treat me so nice now? Because God dealt with them. The Bible says it's better for you to tie anchor around your neck and catch yourself in the sea than to touch one of my own. It's better for you to, to jump in the fire. See, some of y'all up there trying to fight folk, trying to fight folk, but you know God's thump is bigger than your hardest punch. You better learn how to be still. Be still and know that I'm the Lord. Can I tell you something? I'm going to give you an assignment, the same assignment I gave 8 o'clock. Shut up for a whole week. Shh. See how quiet it got. They mad. They don't want to hear that. But I'm not talking about don't talk. I'm saying when your enemy say something to you, don't clap back. Don't say nothing. When they say something, be quiet. Can't tell you a secret. It's a challenge for me too. But we're going to be quiet. <laughs> my homework too I couldn't tell him at 8 because then y'all would have known but I struggle but I, I rejoice in my infirmities in my reproaches <laughs> in my necessities <laughs> we're going to be quiet we ain't going to say nothing to the person in the cubicle first of all they ain't got no door in their office who cares they ain't got no door they ain't got no power in the cubicle sit over here and look at me and be mad what up I don't nobody no cubicle. Even up in the cubicle. We both ain't nowhere yet. <laughs> Man ain't got no dough, I ain't arguing with nobody. <laughs> ah, you stand up, get out of my office, stop looking up. <laughs> anyway, back to what I was talking about. Be quiet. Stop answering every tweet. Every Instagram, stop it. Stop answering every text when they fuck. Just shh, be quiet. And know that I'm the Lord. Nobody can get revenge like God. God called 10 players. God turned the daggone water into blood. God called locusts to just take over the land. God called some nasty Kermit Frog to come around the whole daggone city. Lord, my God, he called the, the firstborn of babies of cattle and people to die. There is nobody that can get revenge for you like God. I can. Peter, they didn't even say nothing. Gamaliel stood up and spoke for him. You better stand down. Some people are talking to your enemy and tell your enemy, you better leave him alone. You're going to get steamrolled. You're going to get hurt. I don't think you need to mess with him. See, see, use your Vaseline for your elbows. Stop trying to put it on. You don't need to fight nobody. That Vaseline you got for your face, take it now, baby. Just put your elbows, make sure your elbows and, and, and fingers right. Use it for your hygiene. Because you don't need to fight anybody. Just be quiet. And know that I'm God. Ooh. 
got to handle your enemy. I got some stories that I don't want to tell you because you know some of the people. <laughs> God will handle your enemies. The problem is you keep trying to do his job. If my job is sweeping the floor and this, and this gentleman here with a nice tie on sweeping it for me, by all means, as long as I get my check, sweep on, my brother. <laughs> what am I going to do it for? I still going to get a check? Long as Miss Mayo still going to get a check for me, I sweep. They ain't say how it need to get done. It's just they need to get done. So if you're doing God's job and you're trying to take business on your own, God just sitting there looking at you. Shh. Sunday to next Sunday. So some of y'all are gonna have some testimonies, and you know, you know, you can't come up here and talk, but just tell me how you was quiet and God handled your enemy. And I'm gonna tell God, God handled it quick and swiftly so they'll know. Because sometimes God takes longer than we want, but He's gonna do it within seven days because you're gonna have a testimony if you be quiet this week. I'm telling you, I'm prophesying to you. Just shh. Now, if you talk, don't come to me talking about it didn't work. All right? As a result of Gamaliel's speech, they, instead of putting him to death like they wanted to, they flogged him. See, look, I'm going to just read it for you so you can know what they did. Acts 5.41. Because they had been counted worthy of suffering, they liked it. But look, they said, um, instead of seeing the flogging as threats as a situation of pain, the apostles rejoiced because they had been counted worthy of suffering uh, disgrace for the name. So, they wanted to kill him, but they didn't. Can I tell you something? Your enemies want to do something worse, but God made them stand down. God does not put more on you than you can bear. God doesn't let anybody touch you without permission. Ask Job. Remember, God said, have you noticed my servant Job? He said, have you noticed him? And Satan said, no, I didn't, but you got a hedge around him. You protect him. Why? Because the only time you can be touched by the devil is if God gave him permission. Which is your clue that God is going to bring you out victorious. It says, so the words of God spread, Acts 6, 7. So the word of God spread, the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Look at here. Because they saw that these men of God stood up and they took the beating and kept on walking, people got saved and even the preachers got right. The preachers that weren't doing what they're supposed to do, they said they're going to get it right. They're going to preach what they're supposed to preach, and they're not going to worry about the folk naysaying, telling them what not to preach. But I can tell you how many times somebody came to me all the time telling me what to preach. Well, I believe. Uh, just leave it alone. Brother Pastor. See, when they say brother for folk pastor, they're just trying to reduce you down so they can tell you what they want. Brother Pastor. <laughs> Let me hurry up. But the gospel spread because of the boldness stand they took. Do you know God is using you as a witness? And because they have seen you overcome some things, they have come to the faith because they saw the trap that your supervisor set for you and you still walked out of it. They saw the person in the next office trying to conspire to get you fired and you still came to work and you still made it. They saw the booby trap that your enemy set. Some you didn't even know because yet, though you walked through the valley of the shadow 
angel of death. You should fear no evil because his rod and his staff shall comfort you. You didn't even know the trap was there and you walked through. You remember, you know how Buzz Bunny just walked through the trap and all of a sudden the, the, the Elmer Fudd get hit by it even though he set the trap. You ever seen the road runner run through something and all of a sudden he run through the wall that was painted but then the coyote hit the wall and he can't go through? That's how God do your life. They wonder how in the world did she make it through this? Hey! The same trap I made for her, I fell in. You better ask Haman. He made a trap for Mordecai, got hung on the same trap he made. Ooh, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. In fact, God will use the trap my enemy made to kill my enemy. I don't know who I'm talking to. Eight o'clock ain't got as many problems, y'all. Eight o'clock retired. <laughs> it don't hurt me like this. Y'all hurt me. I need to go do some more ab work, boys. Working my stomach. Need to get my core right to preach it. Y'all. Woo. Even got a little club baby here. Look at him. You ready? Number three. <laughs> Number three. God would never fail us. Among the apostles of the early church, there was a man named Stephen. He is described in Acts 6-8 as a man full of grace and power. He had the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, and they got mad because he was preaching better than them. Has somebody ever been mad at you because you taught Sunday school better than them? Has somebody ever been mad at you because you could cook cookies better than them? Has somebody been mad at you because you could play football better than them? Has somebody been mad at you because you could sing a solo better than them? Has somebody been mad at you because you could do something better than them? Well, they were mad at Stephen because he had an anointing that they could not touch. And they got mad and conspired and killed him. But even in the midst of him being murdered, Stephen didn't sell out his soul to the devil. He said, Lord, take my spirit and forgive them because they don't know what they do, even in the midst of it. But can I tell you something? In my theological twisted mind, I would say to you, you get revenge better when you forgive your enemy. Because the Bible says when you love your enemy and you forgive your enemy, it's like pouring hot coals on their head. So at the end of the day, either God going to burn them and they're going to be right or he going to burn them up. So can I tell you, if you a person that likes to get revenge, I'm not going to even come to you in a holy place, even though you need to eventually grow and do it for a holy reason. But if you learn how to forgive your enemy, God will handle them for you. If you learn how to sit back and turn the other cheek, God will take vengeance for you. If you learn how to just be quiet and give God holy praise, even in the midst of somebody doing you wrong, and even when they just, I, I know y'all weren't really holy dancing. Y'all was y'all <laughs> y'all was trying to but y'all were kind of twerking at the same time. But can I talk to you for a while? Whatever your praise dance is, if you can just break out and shout and know that God. Hey, Hey, you know, they been here doing the nay-nay, they ain't. <laughs> Praise them, they ain't, this is a nay-nay crowd. <laughs> and then, 
Paul was there. He was the one holding the coats. But because his life was touched by Stephen and he remembered that day, he began to write. He wrote over two-thirds of the New Testament even after he did some evil. Can I talk to some people that have done some stuff evil and got scared and came to church? It don't matter why you came. God got you here. It don't matter that you smell like smoke, God got you here. It doesn't matter how many times you kept falling down, God got you here. It doesn't matter if you came here looking for a lady, but God got you here. It don't care if you came here looking for a husband, but God got you here. God used something to bait you and get you in his presence. You might not never get that man. You might not never have that woman. You might not never get peace about certain things you've done. But at the end of the day, baby, God drew you to him to make sure he saved your soul. Don't matter why you came. Your motive don't even matter to God. He just needs you here. He'll start cleaning you up. He'll make your motives right. Paul was going to church when he was Saul to persecute the Christians. He thought he was doing it for the right reasons. But once God took that passion and made it the right way, he used him as a mighty man of valor. Can I talk to some people whose lives are not together? God will take that daggone dope dealing mentality and bring you to be a great evangelist. God will take you to a place of, oh, you don't hear me right now. God will take that mouth that you use to talk about people and you to spread the gospel in the name of Jesus. He'll take that same tongue that you didn't know how to bite and you to speak truth to power because God will use anything to make sure oh y'all don't hear me God using the foolishness of the foolishness of the world to confine the wise. It don't matter how educated or uneducated you are. God uses who he want to use. Oh I don't know why I'm hollering so much but I'm happy. God, even though he didn't want Stephen to die, he used it to grow the church. All things happen for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. So even when the devil come at you, it's for your good. Even when you lose, it's for your good. Even if you're fighting sickness and disease, it's for your good. God uses everything to get out of you what he needs to get out of you because the more he squeezes you and the more he presses you, the more he develops you. The more you go through hell, the more you go through heat, the more he's purifying you to use you how he needs to use you. But let me hurry up and get us out of here. We live in a world of unprecedented hopelessness across every sphere, economically, socially, politically, emotionally, morally, spiritually, and environmentally. Wherever you turn, there's a sense of hopelessness, gas prices too high. The circumstances that people face daily are overwhelming. Not only are people being trafficked around the world, but our communities are filled with lonely, isolated people who have lost hope. Families just trying to put food on the table. Single parents trying to raise their kids. People fighting sickness and disease. People grieving the loss of loved ones. Families disintegrated. It's easy to become overwhelmed by the broken world. It's easy to make excuses. It's easy not to do what we know we are called to do because of the challenges that come with the journey. But I believe that this is the greatest hour for the church. 
If you can't grow a church right now, even in the midst of a pandemic, you shouldn't be preaching. You know why? Because they tried everything in the world, but it's keep getting so darker, they can't do nothing but try the church. They tried everywhere, but it didn't work because the world is getting darker and darker. You know why they're attacking you on your job more than they did before 2020? Because your light is shining brighter because the world is getting darker. And now even though you try to hide that you praying in your building, even though you try to hide your light, it shines because it's too bright in all that darkness. And they get upset at you because they see the Christ in you. And them demons get mad. Do you know when you walk in the anointing? See, see, I remember when I first got here, people said so-and-so didn't act like that before you got there. They acted better than that. They didn't do that. Why? Because when the anointing walks in the building, the demons got to show you who they are. The boy didn't go into convulsions and march out of the until Jesus stepped on the scene. And when Jesus stepped on the scene, the boy started going into convulsions. Why? Because when a lesser spirit sees a greater spirit step in the midst, it know it has to go and it has to identify itself. See, 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 when you went through COVID, you started praying more. You started getting in your prayer closet because you thought the day I could die, if somebody sneezed by you, Lord, plead the blood of Jesus on my life. Somebody call, oh, Lord, Jesus. Like, Lord, plead the blood, cover me, Lord. We started praying about stuff we ain't never prayed before. Oh, Lord, she ain't got no man. Oh, gee, the Lord, say to and cover me, Jesus. Her eyes red all the way. You need to put some shades on in a mask, girl. Help me. <laughs> and we began to pray more than we ever prayed. I had to start praying. Do we have church or not have church? Do we do the driving? Do we keep doing the driving? Do we do tools and what we do? What do we do, God? Asking God about little things I ain't never asked him before when I should have been asking him anyway. And the closer you get to God, the closer the devil is to you. Because the more anointed you are, the more he want to destroy you. But when the man was the demoniac, all the demons had to say, they had to tell Jesus what their name was. We are legion, we are many, but we are one. They had to identify themselves. When you go to your job, them people attack you because the demons got to announce who they are because God never wants you to get blindsided. And when your light walks in the building, everybody that don't have the spirit of God has to let you know who they are. So when you walk in there, they're not going to say, I'm a demon, I'm deceiving, I'm going to lie to you, no. But they can't hide what they do because they got to let you know who they are because you have authority. No, no. When the other person was the supervisor, the supervisor didn't know because they didn't have the anointing you got. So don't feel bad that people are acting a fool because you stepped on the scene. They're acting a fool because God has stepped on the scene and the demons tremble. Hey, they know they got to leave. Woo! They know they got to go. And when you step in the building, hey, it's Mufasa. They got to go. What? (laughs) 
You step in the building, I move faster. Anointing is in the house. I'm going to sit down. See, we were born for this moment to bring light and life and hope and liberty to a lost, broken world. The generation has immense potential. Why? Because we serve a restoring and redeeming God, a God of hope, a God of second chances, third chance, a God of new beginnings. While the world is wondering if there is hope, we are the ones with the answer, Jesus Christ. Through relationship with him, we have hope living on the inside of us. Why? Because God himself lives in us through the Holy Spirit. All things are possible and all things work together for the good because we are called by God to play our part in his salvation story. And Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. My prayer for you is that you know there is a plan for your life and that he will purpose. He has destiny over you and you are unstoppable. You can be like Stephen. Even in the midst of people coming at you, you are still walking in the anointing. Even in the midst of them firing you from your job, you still didn't miss a meal. You still overweight with your fat self because at the end of the day, you ain't gonna miss a meal because God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. A pandemic can't stop you. COVID-19 can't stop you. Gas prices can't stop you. Trump can't stop you. Republicans can't stop you. Democrats can't stop you. Why? You're unstoppable. They can't handle you. Why? Because God walked down 42 burning generations, enrolled himself in the flesh, came out, Emmanuel, God is with us. And if that wasn't enough to lead the 24 elders shocked and the angels aghast, this God walked up the way of Via Della Rosa and they put nails in his hands to bring to fruition a soteriological dispensation that if there be no shed of blood, there be no remission of sins. He became the perpetuation, which means he is salvation. All I gotta do is call on him. He's the perpetuation, which means the continuation, which means I don't need to find a bullock for this sin. I don't need to find a turtle dove for that sin. I don't need to find a hen for this sin. I don't need to find a lamb for this sin. I don't need a partridge for this sin. But if I look toward the hills for which coming my help, I know that he will renew my strength. I will mount up like an eagle and fly. Why? Because he died 
one Friday night, stayed in the grave all night Friday, all day and night Saturday, but early in the morning, he got up with all, not some, all, not a lot, all, not almost, all power in his hands. And when he got up with that power, he breathed the Ruach, the Holy Spirit, into me and you. And you can. And you can. And you can. And you can. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. He is my battle axe. He is my sacrificial lamb. He is my feast of weeks. He is my Passover meal. He is my sacrificial lamb. He is. He has redeemed me. He has redeemed me. He has redeemed me. Tell every witch. Tell every warlock. Tell every demon, tell every hex, tell every setback, tell every infirmity that Jesus died for me. I'm covered with the blood of Jesus and I am unstoppable. I am unstoppable. He can't stop you. You unstoppable. You unstoppable. I'm. I shot it You unstoppable. He can't stop you. The only person that can stop you is you. You know how you sink a ship? Get water on the inside. If you take care of the inside and let the Holy Spirit guide you, you will never sink. You might go through the storm. But you won't sing. You might go through the storm, but you're not going to stink. Uh, you might get struck by lightning, but you're not going to sink. The waves may come up high on you, but you won't sink. Why? Because God has breathed life into you. And the same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That's why we take you to the cross. That's why we tell you he died on Friday. That's why we tell you he stayed in the grave Saturday. And that's why we tell you that early in the morning he got up with all power in his hands. But sometimes we stop there. He gave that power to you. That's why the devil's scared of you. That's why he attacked you. That's why he after your health. That's why he after your mind. That's why he after your body. That's why he after your children. Because he can't stop you. Can I tell you something? Don't nobody hate on you that don't want to be you. You need to just start telling your enemy. You want me to tell you how to be me, how to be kind of like me? You can't be me, but you got to go to Jesus. And he'll give you the same anointing I got. You can't have my anointing because my anointing is for me. Saul couldn't wear, David couldn't wear Saul's armor because it wasn't his anointing. 
Apparently, one saw the door needed because he didn't go out there. But who? Your enemy want to be you. The devil want to be you. He attack you more. That's why praise singers and praise dancers, he comes at you because you took his job. God said, you don't want to worship me? I'll get somebody else. I'll make a weaker vessel and let them worship me. Don't count it crazy that you get attacked because you in the band up here or you on the organ. Yeah. Don't get, don't get, don't get it twisted. When you worship, I don't care if it's a drum, the keyboard, the singing, he attacks you because you took his job. And when you worship him in spirit and in truth, he's coming for you. He's coming for your family. He's coming for your peace. He's coming for your mind. But you're unstoppable. But have a sound mind and know he's coming. But he can't stop you. He comes at you when you worship. He ain't come to you on the street because you was on his team. We didn't know how much Kobe and Shaq didn't like each other until Shaq got traded. The devil don't like you. He didn't like you in the streets. He just knew he had your soul. So he had no reason to attack you. But now that you've left darkness and came into the marvelous light, he's after you. But maybe somebody hasn't come into the marvelous light. Maybe you haven't come. But right now, in the name of Jesus, come to him right now in the name of Jesus.